Welcome to Educators Unplugged, bridging the gap between the books and real life. I'm your host, April Zalaki. Today, I'm going to be interviewing Mark Smith from Reed Custer High School in Braidwood, Illinois. Mark has been in education for over 25 years. He teaches a variety of courses in the technology and engineering education field, and today he's going to share his passion for education with us. Let's take a listen. Today on the podcast, I have Mark Smith from Reed Custer High School with me. Thanks for being here, Mark. Hey, thanks for having me. It's great. I wanted to bring you in because I consider you somewhat of an expert on the field of promoting your program. I know that you have received many dollars and items of donation uh, for your high school uh, program. So could you please just share with our listeners a little bit about how you got started with actually promoting and marketing your program? Sure. So back in the year 2000, I was contacted by an organization called Woodlinks USA. And that was an organization that was coming into the U.S. from Canada. They wanted to start their own U.S. charter. Uh, And Woodlinks USA was helping high schools and industry work together because industry and education do not speak the same language. And this was my first experience with networking. I was invited to go to the IWFS excuse me, the IWF in Atlanta, Georgia. The IWF stands for International Woodworking Fair. And like most people who don't work in this area, woodworking, that's an industry, you know. Right. And so at this um, trade fair, I met Jerry Finch. Jerry Finch was a teacher at Fox Valley College up in Wisconsin. And Jerry Finch went on to become someone I looked up to and looked to as a mentor. And uh, Jerry Finch always jokingly said uh, he is the owner of the Golden Knee Award. Oh. Always looking for someone to donate something to his Ah, program. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Because, like, even at the community college level, you know, your budget isn't unlimited. Right. And so he's always looking for people to help his program. Sure. I learned about networking and um, uh, putting out into the public view what your program is doing. And when I first started, all I did was once a month, I'd send out an email Hmm. with a picture of a student doing something and a short blurb about what's happening in the picture and what's the latest and greatest thing happening in my program. Sure. And that was started in the year 2000. Wow. Yeah. And of course, this is pre, uh, not pre net, not pre internet, mm-hmm. but it was at the infant stage of the internet. There was no social media and things like that. There was no Facebook. Okay. Uh, we didn't have smartphones, and um, <clears throat> so that's where it started. But of course, over the years, it's grown. And the interesting thing is, I found people to pay me to set certain things up in my social network. Wow. Yeah, because I took classes that I was paid to take. Sure. And then in the class, I set the things up. So I had a lot of help along the way. But now it's grown to the place where, you know, I have a couple websites. I have a couple Facebooks. I've got an Instagram. i got a LinkedIn, you know, Mm -hmm. YouTube channel. And they kind of work for you. Sure. So this year, I think I only maybe did 10 posts. Wow. That's not a lot. 
No, not very much. No, so it wasn't a lot of work, uh, and it kind of you know works for you. And mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> probably the most significant uh, thing that has happened in the last twelve months was about uh, found a company that was giving us all of our hardwoods and our lumber's. Mm-hmm. But now they're giving us all of our hardwood, all of our hardware too. Wow! So it's that's amazing. It, it is the I, I've really found this to be true. There are people all over the world, but mostly the United States, of course, that have a passion for educating people. Sure. But they don't know how to do it, and they don't know who to get involved with. Right. They're not. They don't have the right connections. They don't have the do right that. connections, but they're right. looking. And then when they run into you mm-hmm. online. They message you and say, Mark, I've been following you, and I've finally figured out how I want to help you, you know? And so yeah. it's, it's it's quite something. So you have – in our discussion previously, you were saying that you have never actually reached out to companies. They come to you because of social yeah. media, right? Yeah. So, you know, in education, you're busy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like students are a pile of lumber, and I can leave that for a day and go do something. You know, you, right. you can't. you got to stay with them. And mm-hmm. and so there's not much downtime. But, but in, in industry, you know, they have a product. They're getting out the door, and they have to do that in a very timely manner. And so if you were to go up and knock on their door and say, hey, I'd like to talk to somebody about developing, developing a mutually beneficial partnership with you, right. they'd look at you like, uh, we got product to get out the door. Sorry, you know they're busy. Sure, they're not bad people. They're just busy. Right. And so um, I can remember at the very, very beginning of when I discovered I should be networking. I did email and phone call people maybe mm-hmm. for the first month, but they're too busy. Sure. Uh, they are not emotionally motivated. There's nothing in their world that is drawing them to help you at this time. They don't, you know. And so the the key is you want to keep your program in front of the world as much as you can because this is how it happens. Someone's sitting in a board meeting and they go, hey, we have this $50,000 CNC machine that is no longer relevant to us anymore. We have a new one. This thing is perfectly functional. We'll never get our money out of it because, you know, if we sell it, they're going to sell it for $10,000 and, you know, we want the most tax write-off we can get. So what should we do? Sure. Someone in the meeting raises their hand and goes, well, I know this teacher in Illinois, <laughs> maybe he mm. wants it. Sure. And so um, that's kind of how it works. Wow. So if you had to think about the most important aspect or the the best piece of advice you could give for teachers who are looking to start jumping into social media, promoting mm-hmm. their programs, mm-hmm. um, what would you tell them? I would tell them this. You only need to do two things. The first one is every time you meet someone, get their business card. Fair. Because you never know mm-hmm. how you two might help each other in the future. Sure. And you need that business card to put in your contact, li- contact list, whether it's Microsoft Outlook, uh, Outlook you know, email, or it's Gmail, or whatever you use. Mm-hmm. And so I have, a, I have a current list of about 1,500 wow. people. Okay. And so I don't do very much email-related anymore, except I do press releases. Okay. And the press release goes out via email and some other places, too. Sure. And so that's a very easy way for the public to see what's happening in your program. Mm -hmm. Because let's face it, everyone likes to get involved with something that's successful. Absolutely. 
Right. Okay, so email. That would be the first thing. Okay. Second would be pick a social media platform. Okay. Based on who you want to reach. I have found Facebook parents, TikTok, which I don't use, Mm -hmm. and Instagram uh, tends to be very creative people. Sure. And so you meet a different kind of people there. Right. And then uh, face uh, mentioned Facebook, then LinkedIn, which mm-hmm. is a business Facebook. So if I were saying to them which one to pick, I would say either LinkedIn or Instagram. Set up an account, mm-hmm. and they're free. Mm-hmm. And once a month, post something. Uh, when if you're just starting, depending on how. Um, you know, I'm picking up my cell phone here. How mm-hmm. uh, how good you are with your cell phone, you can either just post a picture or you can post a short video. Sure. Uh, and that's where I would start. Excellent. Okay. So it doesn't sound like people need a lot of resources to get started. No. Nope. They could really jump in and do this. So to back up just a second here, I want to just tell the listeners how I met you because oh, yes. how you ended up here on this podcast is a bit of networking, right? Exactly. So I was attending the IACTI conference this past February, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, down in Bloomington Normal. Yep. And Mark was one of the presenters at the conference, and he was presenting on marketing his program. And Mark actually didn't know who I was until today. Uh, but after his session, I came out with a, a list of to-dos and things that I was going to you know, work on to promote my program here at College of DuPage. And when we were setting up another meeting, I said, I know exactly who I need to talk to to bring their expertise to the tables. Uh, Teachers are not very good at talking about themselves or promoting themselves. And so uh, I think you've really been able to define that and just do an excellent job um, with that. So I am very grateful that you agreed to be here with me today, even though you had no idea who I was. <laughs> and I just said to you, I think I reached out to, out to you on Instagram and I just said, or I, LinkedIn, maybe I it was one so. of them. Yeah, one of those. And I just said, I was in your session and would you mind coming here, you know, to record this? So um, networking can get you very far in, in those connections. Oh, yes. it, it, it sure does. Let me give you a story here. Sure. So um, there is a lady by the name of Kelly Victor Burke. She runs with her husband. BAM Interior Architectural Woodwork Company up in Detroit, Michigan. Now, it's not actually in Detroit, but it's a suburb. And, sure. And uh, about four or five years ago, Kelly messaged me on Instagram and said, Mark, I am looking for people to help me with this project I'm doing. And it was rewriting and modernizing the um, Department of Labor's woodwork manufacturing uh, apprenticeship description. Because it's really outdated. Sure. And I said, absolutely. And so I'm just a lowly high school teacher. Mm-hmm. And I got to participate in rewriting the Department of Labor's apprenticeship description for oh. advanced manufacturing in the wood industry. That's amazing. And that was a fantastic opportunity. Yeah. And, uh, all because she met me on Instagram. Sure. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. So it's led you a lot of places. A lot of in, places in your life. Yeah. So and I think that's part of the reason I wanted to start this podcast here at COD for our education program was just because getting our our program out there, you know, is important to me. And 
providing, showing students the opportunities that they have here at College of DuPage. Um, I know we were talking about one of our three plus one programs, and I told you that you can get the whole four-year degree for $22,000. And yeah, that's unbelievable. Couldn't even believe it, right? Um, and that's like a hidden gem here. Uh, students, that's widely available to any student can enroll in in that program. So it's just a matter of us kind mm. of getting the word out and, um, you know, getting the information into students' hands yes. um, here. So that's part of what I'm hoping to do uh, with this podcast and just getting kind of that information um, out there. So one of the things I'd like you to share with people is how much you have received, if you don't mind sharing, how much you have received uh, in donations sure. uh, to your program. Yeah, so uh, <clears throat> I've... I just finished my 28th year of teaching, but I've only been doing this since about the year 2000. Um, one of the things that you don't know about me is I have left education a few times, uh. not because I don't love my job, but because I've left to work in industry uh, to okay. keep my skills okay. up to date. Sure. And so uh, uh, it's I've spent more than 28 years accumulating that 28 years of teaching because I've worked in industry a few times too. Got it. I've really been doing what I've been talking about with you for the last 23 years. Okay. But not all of them were in education. So, you know, because okay. uh, I, you know, I have previous, had previous teaching too when I started this. So uh, over the last 23 years, uh, industry has donated uh, equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, tooling, software, supplies, training. I can't even off the top of my head think of all the different things that they've given to us. The most recent one, they, uh, my st- students were in a contest where we won a national contest. They donated a piece of equipment to us. Now, that wasn't through yes. our networking, but they knew about us because of my networking. And they asked me to apply wow. to this contest. Sure. So over the last 23 years, Industry and people. Well, I just had a student donate to my program. Oh, wow! Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so you know, I've been around long enough that now former students are. Yeah. So okay. over the last twenty-three years, industry has donated my program two point one million dollars worth of stuff. Wow, that's just you know, mind blowing. <laughs> that uh, well, you know, for a for a high school program, you know, it'd be uh-huh. one thing if I was UCLA sure. or. Or the University of Illinois, or you know the College of DuPage. You know that's a much larger organization than Mark Smith's Industrial Technology Program. Right. Uh, but really, I think what that speaks to is how many people, how many companies are out there that want to help, right? But they don't know who to help, mm-hmm. and they don't know how to help. Absolutely. And so they run into me, and they've been for years wanting to help, and finally they. Well, there's this Mark Smith guy. He has this program. You know, so <laughs> sure. $2.1 million. Wow. That's, that's a staggering number. Yes, right absolutely. Well, and especially, you know, in a time when budgets are tight for schools oh, yes. and all of that. I mean, just the opportunity yeah. to have these materials and machinery and all that for your students is amazing. Yeah. So there's something I haven't told you. Uh, there's so many stories I could tell you, but this one's pretty <laughs> significant. I have a Thermwood CNC router at my school. You know, it's it wouldn't fit in this room. You know, it's wow. pretty pretty big. Sure. And uh, company Thermwood, their customer service is fantastic. Their product is fantastic. And 
back when I used to take students in mass to the IWF in Atlanta or the AWFS in Anaheim, California, which is now in Las Vegas, uh-huh. that company would write me a check and pay for all my students' hotel. Wow. The last time they wrote me a check was for 20 students. Wow. For all of them to, to, to go. Stay to for stay five there. nights in a hotel. Wow. Isn't that something? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That really is incredible. It is incredible. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even imagine. I mean, I usually it's like trying to find, I you know, know, money for this or find money for that. But just to be able to have that opportunity for your students is really oh, yes. awesome. Do you think your students realize how, how lucky they are to have you? <laughs> well, I don't know. But I did go to a wedding two summers ago in Tuscola, my hometown. Uh-huh. And a student who, who shall rena- remain nameless, we'll just call him Bill, uh-huh. Um he was a student that I thought, you know, I feel like my investment has been wasted. Oh. You know. You, you sure. Know, when you he know. was in sc- in high school. When he was in high school. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> now, mm-hmm. of course, that's unfair, you know, and, no, you know, it's never really wasted, but you know how you feel sometimes. Sure. And so it had been 15 years since I seen him. Wow. And I saw him at the wedding. Of course, he hasn't changed much. Mm-hmm. You know, between the age of 18 and 35, you don't change much, you know. Sure. But I look totally different than I did, you know. <laughs> and uh, so he can't, comes up to me and he goes, Mr. Smith, you know who I am? Of course I do, Bill. I know exactly who you are, you know. And uh, Tell me about what you've been doing. And so he goes, well, um, I went to college. I got, an, I got my undergraduate. Then I went and got my master's. And then I went to France and got a master's in a French-speaking school. What? And now I'm one of the youngest <laughs> CEOs in the country. Wow. And he was dressed like he was. I mean, he was very nice suit, you know. Wow. And I said, seriously, Brandon? <laughs> How did all that happen? He goes, funny you ask. <sighs> he says, the one event that changed my life above all other events was when you took me to the AWFS in Anaheim, California. I'd never been out of Hume, Illinois in my whole life. I knew, didn't know wow. there was a big world out there. And that trip alone opened my horizons. Wow. I know. I couldn't believe it. I'm choking up just thinking oh. about it. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, you know. Wow. Well, I think I think you've inspired so many people, people you don't even know, like me, <laughs> who just sat and listened to you present at a conference mm. and um, left. I honestly left feeling just so inspired, like, I could do this. You know, we can make things happen sure for our can, program yeah. and for our students. And so I just think you're you're such an inspiration to so many people and we just appreciate you so much. So this segment, Tips for Teachers, uh, what would you like to share as a tip for future educators? Hmm. Future educators, a tip for them, something I would consider important for them to know in their teaching career. Um. Well, I I would say probably one of the most important things for a teacher to do is to be uh, engaged in establishing a positive relationship with your students. Hmm. If you think back to the stu- to the teachers who affected you when you were in school, it would have been someone you respected. Uh, maybe it would be someone who treated you fairly, who knows what the reason is, but you were drawn to a certain teacher. Mm -hmm. And if that teacher was wise, 
they would see that and they would begin to, you know, encourage and broaden and deepen that relationship they have with you. Absolutely. Whether it's, you know, through taking a moment, talking with you, finding out what your likes and wants are, asking you about your what you're involved in at school, whether it's sports or maybe you're on the math team or the debate team or what have you, and every day greeting them and always making sure that uh, you are very stable in your positive and um, behavior you have towards those students because when they come into the classroom, they should know that Mr. Smith is always going to be Mr. Smith, Mm -hmm. and they can count on that. Because not everyone has an easy life. Mm -hmm. Not everyone has a positive home life. Mm -hmm. And so for some of my students, uh, this is the best part of their day. Sure. And so maintaining a positive relationship with your students, really looking at it as a a mentoring opportunity, that would be uh, a key thing among many that I would suggest to up-and-coming teachers. So for our teaching reality segment, could you please share something you weren't taught about teaching in college, but that you wish you knew? Mm. So that's a very good question. And I would have to say probably no college teaches you this, but how much you're going to grow to love your students. That's excellent. And you go, well, why does that matter? <laughs> well, because it hurts when they leave. <laughs> sure. So sure. Uh, it doesn't matter if they're male or female. I mean, there I've had students in the past where I thought, oh, I could adopt you. <laughs> you, could be my, you could be my surrogate son or surrogate daughter, you know. And I just had a young lady in class for the last four years. Her name was Michaela Wilkins. Mm-hmm. And Michaela is now going to the University of Alabama to be an engineer. Wow. And uh, she has been such a fantastic student to have around. And the last day of school this year, she handed me a card. And she says, I don't know if I can have you read this in front of me. (laughs) (laughs) So I said, I'll wait, you know. But then she changed her mind and let me read it in front of her, you know. And she wrote this whole paragraph on how I had affected her life and what I had done for her and Turned her on to her love of this and that, you know, and, and it was really something. Wow. Uh, because I don't know what, you know, young kids coming out of school today think, but there was a time when teaching was considered a calling. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was considered something you did because it was a noble enterprise. Sure. And you weren't in it for money, even though money's important, of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's kind of how I've always looked at my teaching career. And uh, my internal tagline for my teaching career is helping young people find their way. Mm. I love I, that. Yeah. My dad, my dad always said when I was growing up, I wouldn't want to have to grow up again. It was hard enough the first time. You know? <laughs> and uh, so that's something they don't tell you, how much you're going to care for these students mm-hmm. yeah. and be concerned for them. Absolutely. That's great advice. Thank you. I want to thank Mark for being willing to share his knowledge, expertise, and passion for technology and engineering education with me. If you want to find him on social media, you can do so on Instagram at mark.smith.educate. On our next episode, we'll be hearing from Kenji Baldera Soto, a current technology and engineering education student. 